Star Wars Summit by Summit episode 2614. So checking out the Mandalorian season finale episode of Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian reminded me that there have been a couple of other behind the scenes things that have been produced by ILM. And so I wanted to check those out and talk about those because they go beyond just visual effects stuff. Punch it. <laughs> Hey, Bevel Razor. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So the ILM channel on YouTube, they do a lot more stuff than just Star Wars stuff, because, of course, they're involved in a lot more projects than just Star Wars stuff. But I have to say the Star Wars stuff that they've put out over the last couple of videos has been pretty fascinating. And one of the things I think that's probably worth flagging is that in one of them, there's a brief thing from Deborah Chow, who is, of course, a director on The Mandalorian, but also, more importantly, in a way, the showrunner of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And she does have a moment where she talks about how they're using the technology developed for The Mandalorian, the whole stagecraft thing, on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series to give it that sense of scope and scale that they were able to start developing with The Mandalorian in Season 1 and that they were able to expand upon with Season 2. And there are three videos in particular that I checked out. One of them is about uh, behind the magic, the visual effects for Season 2 of The Mandalorian, and another one is the virtual production of The Mandalorian, and the last one is about filmmakers discussing the potential of the whole stagecraft volume situation and what they can do and their conversations about all the software they developed and the tool sets and whatnot and you know one of the fascinating things about it is that even with all of this new technology and the fact that yeah we you know look at this stuff and we can't tell when we're watching it on Disney plus uh, what's real and what's not you know what was actually created with you know virtual screens for an environment and what was you know actually there in the set dressing like it's impossible to tell but there's still a lot of classic filmmaking technology that's happening like for example the episode where they go find Migs Mayfeld in the scrapyard and he's you know working <laughs> his <laughs> his prison sentence off and you know there's all this stuff going on in the background well part of that was actually done practically in the sense that they built miniature sets of virtual junkyards like a miniature junkyard and filmed that and then they took that film and blew it up and put it on the background of the LED walls and then they had like stop motion stuff happening in the background with model miniatures that they had done and put that like way off in the background so even with this technology the practical effects that made you know Star Wars what it was back in the day are still being employed and something else that's particularly remarkable about these videos is that you do get to see the set dressing. You get to see where the actual physical things inside the volume stop and where the LED screens begin, which is just so incredible. And they talk about how you know, they can take these environments and manipulate them or reset dress them, as it were. A lot of time is spent actually with the Ahsoka episode and about you know the forest and how they move trees around and also how you know the lighting is so amazing that in the water that they actually had like in that final fight scene between Ahsoka and the magistrate that you could see the you know the stuff that's projected on the walls of the volume reflected in the water 
at, you know, on the other, either side of that little bridge that they're fighting on. Now, I have to admit, I think two of the three videos I checked out, the one about the virtual production and the one about filmmakers discussing stagecraft, I think those are really kind of soft pitch sales videos for all intents and purposes because they are really about, you know, people talking about why stagecraft is amazing and what it can do for creatives and how it makes the process of filming go faster so you can focus on performance and it you know, speeds up the whole process and makes you know, pre-production and actual production and post-production work more efficiently and that people can shoot 30 to 50% more pages per day. And if you've been a listener to this podcast for a while, you know that I do kind of like the business side of this stuff too. So I found that to be really intriguing in its own right. And I hope, you know, <laughs> that's something that you're curious about too, since, you know, we're talking about it here. And it's not just the volume, you know, so the volume in is part of it. And Stagecraft is the, you know, the whole software suite that they developed for it and whatnot. But that's not the entirety of how the visual production works about how the visual effects work for the Mandalorian. So certainly traditional visual effects are brought into play, like for example, in the episode where they crash land on the ice planet, right? Like, you know, the Razorcrest being chased by those X-Wings, like that's traditional visual effects stuff like we see in the movies, not like the virtual volume environment or the scenes with the crate dragon attacking, or the scenes with, um, you know, on, oh gosh, the planet's name is gonna escape me, but when they break Migs out and they go to, you know, break into the Rhydonium facility, right? And showing how that convoy truck that they were driving is created with visual effects. And yeah, that stuff is real like classic with backlot and blue screen and people being dropped in virtually. So the volume is not entirely responsible for the magic that is the Mandalorian and you know what will be the magic of the Book of Boba Fett when that comes out or Kenobi or Andor. Actually, Andor, I don't even know. There is a volume at Pinewood Studios, but it's not really clear you know how extensively it was used for the making of Andor. We will find out soon enough, I'm sure. And one of these videos talks about how they have volumes like and bigger volumes because they were able to expand and make the space larger for season two of The Mandalorian, but Manhattan Beach Studios has it. And then there's also Pinewood and Fox Studios Australia. And apparently they're able to produce pop-up volumes as well. And there's one in London, at least as of, you know, as of <laughs> this video. And I'm sure there will be more of them soon. But there is one limitation to the volume that, you know, I think eventually will be addressed, but you know, it's just, it's not there yet. And that is height. That is, you know, top to bottom. Like there are a lot of environments where when they're shooting in the volume in The Mandalorian, it seems like, you know, he's arriving in a town that's like one main drag and there are things on the other. And so it's like walking through an alleyway, right? And then of course there are the open environments where, you know, you see The Mandalorian riding on a blurg with Queel, for example, and those, you know, work fine. But when you actually get into 
into towns, it's, you know, kind of very flat and very straight. So you think about, for example, the episode where the, tra the tragedy, chapter 14, right, where Boba Fett actually shows up and they had the battle with the stormtroopers and whatnot. So that was fought out in Simi Valley, which is, you know, sort of a you know, mountainous area that's to the north of Los Angeles, northwest, roughly. I mean, yes, there are communities in Simi Valley, but it's out, you know, in the sort of deserty mountain range that's out there. And being out in that kind of environment allows the creation of action in a third dimension, right? Like that's not necessarily available to the volume just yet. And you'd kind of have to build for it. So like the set dressing that you do, you would actually have to, you know, get to replicate what happened in the tragedy, for example, you would have to build rock walls that, you know, staircase their way up, and you'd have to have a volume that was multiple stories high in order to be able to do this kind of thing. And they're not there just yet, but I mean, they probably will be with Stagecraft 3.0 or 4.0, and they could kind of probably fake some of it, like, for example, when Boba and the Mandalorian are talking and, uh, Boba tells him, like, yeah, if you do anything silly, then Fennec's gonna shoot Grogu, and you could probably, you know, play with your focus and the way the camera moves and whatnot to, you know, just change perspectives and show Mando looking up where Fennec is, and then, you know, another shot of Fennec just lying on a boulder, and, you know, that would be, you know, how you would work that. But the actual dynamic of you know, a boulder being kicked down by Fennec and rolling over stormtroopers or Boba coming down a mountain and shooting various stormtroopers like that can't be done in stagecraft just yet. But I have a feeling that's where it's eventually going to go. And a link to the videos so you can check them out in the show notes for this episode and also with the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. But yeah, ultimately, as amazing as Stagecraft is, and, you know, it is really incredible, and I highly recommend checking out these videos to see, there are still limits to what it can do, and there are still other tools that are needed to tell the kind of stories that Star Wars likes to tell, but as is said in one of those videos, as long as you have an interesting story to tell, that's really what matters most. And that's certainly what the filmmakers are focused on. And ultimately, they're the ones providing feedback to ILM saying, you know, to tell the kind of stories we wanna tell, these are the kind of tools that we need. And so it really is an extension of George Lucas's legacy in that way. And so there you go. That's what I've got for you on today's episode of the show. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.